Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. In this year on Parshas Achremos, I'd like to discuss two psukim and two Rashi comments, which, as usual, present us with certain technical questions, but also, I think, provide us with some very important uh, practical life advice. The psukim at the beginning of Parshas Achremos tell us about the service in the Beis HaMikdash on Yom Kippur. It tells us what the, the Kayan Gadol needs to do every year on Yom Kippur. We're going to skip certain parts, but let's begin with the actual list of korbanos that he needs to, to bring. And it says here in Pasuk Gimel, With this, Aaron will come to the Kodesh, meaning only if he follows the following procedure and brings the following korbanos, may he enter into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the holiest part of the Beis HaMikdash on Yom Kippur. So what is the procedure and what are the ingredients, so to speak, that he must put into the mix? Bifar ben Bakr the chatas, he must bring a bull, ben Bakr from the from the from the cattle, the chatas, he must bring a bull as a korban chatas, as a sin offering, the ayel lo and a ram for a oila for a korban that is fully burnt. And Pasik Dalit tells us exactly which uh, garments he must wear. We're not going to go into that now. Pasuk Hay says, Ume Esa das Yisrael, and from the congregation of Bnei Yisrael, Yikach Shnei Seirei Izim Lechatos, he will take two goats as a chatos, Va'ayel Echod Le'oila, and one ram for a korban oila. Uh, these are extremely important, but they're not particularly the subject that I'd like to address in this shiur. Now, Pasuk Vov. Aaron will be makriv. He will bring close to himself the parhachatos, the the bull of the chatos asher lo, that is his. The chiper baado ubaad beiso, and he will atone for himself and for his household. Rashi explains here that. He is not actually uh, slaughtering the korban here, and he's not uh, sprinkling the blood on the mizbeach in any way. That we will see later in Psukim. Here, when it says, that he will atone for himself and for his household, so Rashi says, it means he says, he says a confession of his sins. He says a confession of his own sins and the sins of his household, of his immediate family. Okay, the Kohen Gadol says vidui on the par for himself and his immediate family. And then we have a few psukim which tell us about what he needs to do with the seirim. Of course, extremely important, but not our topic. And now we come to Pasik Yud Aleph. Now this is almost a carbon copy of Pasik Vav. Aaron will bring close the parachatos, the bull of chatos, that is his, 
And now we have the same exact words. He will atone for himself and for his for his household. And then he will slaughter this parachatos, this bull that is his. So the obvious question that Rashi must deal with is, what is being added by this pasuk? It's it's it almost reads word for word like pasuk vav. So Rashi says, vidui sheni. The Kohen Gadol now makes a second vidui. He, he confesses a second time. This time it is for himself and for his brothers, the Kohanim. It's for all Kohanim. Because they are all called the household of the Kohen Gadol. They're all called one big household, one big happy family. As it says in Apostle Kintilim, the house of Aaron, praise Hashem. Mikan, so from here we learn, that the Kahanim gain atonement through this Korban. It's not only the way it was explained in Pasuk Vov. It's not only for Aaron and his family, but this Korban also atoned for all of the Kahanim. Now Rashi continues. Uh, in other editions of Rashi, it says which I which I prefer. But either way, meaning the whole kapara, the whole atonement of this korban was only altumas mikdash v'kodesh. It was only only for one particular sin, tumas mikdash v'kodesh, meaning the sin of entering the base of mikdash when one is tame. That is an avera. And for that Avera, this Korban atoned, the Kodeshov, or the sin of um, eating or touching Korbanais when one is tummy, when the person is tummy. And so the, this Korban was Mechapir for that category of sin. Rashi says, Eina Ella, only on that. Kamosh Nemar, as it says just a few psukum later, we're on Pasik Yudalev. Here Rashi is quoting Pasik Tez Zion. Shinemar, as it says, it says he will atone for the Kodesh from the Tuma of the people who entered into the Kodesh, from the people who entered into the holy places of the Beis Hamikdash, or who in, uh, had contact with the holy meat of the Korbanais and the people who were Tomei. That's what this Kapara was for. Now, this whole last statement of Rashi is, requires explanation. First of all, he's saying something which is, does not seem to be in this Pasuk. Seems to be adding something that's not here. When he, when he says, that it means that the, the, the Kayan, the Kayan Godel says a vidui for himself and for all the Kayanim. So, that's how he's explaining these words in the Pesach, and we, and we, we know why Rashi had to say that. Otherwise, it would simply be repetitious. It would be a simple repetition of something that was already said. But this point, that this Korban atones specifically for the, for the sin of Tumas Mikdash V'Kodeshov, it doesn't say that in this Pesach. So we need to understand why does Rashi find it necessary to, to make this point? Why does he have to tell us this? at all. And that question in itself can kind of be divided into two. 
First of all, it is not Rashi's derech. It is not Rashi's style to tell us the reason for every mitzvah or the, the reason for every korban. And it's certainly not Rashi's style to add in details that are not in the Pasuk itself. And secondly, even if for some reason he felt it necessary, I don't know, if, if, he, he, if for some reason he wanted to tell us uh, which sin this Korban atones for, but, but he didn't have to say it here. The Pasuk later, Pasuk Tezayin says it explicitly. And a second question, it's really, again, a, a corollary, it's, it's all really one big question, is that if Rashi did want to tell us exactly for which sin this Korban atones, he could have told us back on Pasuk Vav. On Pasuk Vav is where the, the Torah first introduced this Korban, that the, the Kayin Godel, that Aaron has to provide a, um, a parachatos. Pasuk Vav, or you could have even gone back to, uh, to Pasuk Gimel, where it said he had to take this animal. Certainly in Pasuk Vav, where it says that he actually is mechaper, that he actually does an atonement with this korban. So perhaps over there, Rashi should, should have said, which sin does it atone for? But he doesn't. He waits until the middle, so to speak. He could have waited all the way to the end, where the Torah itself says it. He could have just clarified that. Instead, he, so to speak, wakes up in the middle of the show, and he, in the middle, on this middle Pusik, he decides to tell us for which sin does this Corbin provide atonement? On these questions, I think we can say two, two approaches. The Maskil the David, the famous and the very great super commentator on Rashi, the Maskil the David says that Rashi wanted to strengthen his approach. He wanted to strengthen his comment that this vidui sheni, that this second uh, confession is for all of the kohanim. He, he started off with a with a claim. He started off with a with a chiddush, with a with a new point that v'chiper ba'adayo ba'ad in this pasuk refers to a second vidui, a second confession, which is for whom? Which is for the echav kohanim. It's not for the kohen and his own household like the first one, but rather it's for all the kohanim. Now. Rashi understood that this is um, a novel approach. It's not novel in the sense that no one said it before him. It has very good sources in, in Chazal. But in Pshutei Shomikra, it's, um, it's, uh, it's not the most obvious explanation. And the Maskele David says that perhaps one would have thought of a different explanation, of a different answer to this question of why this phrase, V'chiper Badai, is repeated. One might have thought that in the first Pasuk, back in Pasuk Vav, it was saying that the Kayan Gadol atones for himself and for his family for Averes Kalais, for light sins, for lesser sins. And here in Pasuk Yud Aleph, where it says he says, where it says that he has to make a second confession, perhaps this is talking that it's for the same group of people, it's for the Kayan Gadol and his immediate family, but it's for Averis Chamurais, it's for more serious kinds of Averis, Averis that have uh, more serious punishments. So on that Rashi says, don't think that. I'll prove to you that that can't be the answer. 
because kol kaparaso ena ela kol kaparason ena ela altumas mikdash v'kodeshav. That the whole kapara, the whole atonement of this korban is only on one single specific avera. It's all about the same avera. Tumas mikdash v'kodeshav. So you can't say pasuk vav is talking about light averas and pasuk yudalev is talking about more serious averas. It's all talking about the same sin. It must be that what's the difference between the two psukim? The difference is in the recipients of the korban. Who's getting the who's getting the atonement? In Pasik Vav, who is getting the atonement is Aaron and his immediate family. And in Pasik Yudalif, who is getting the atonement, it's the it's all of the Kaihanim. That's the approach of the Maskala David. I thought perhaps a, a different approach. I don't know if it's in any way better than the Maskil David, maybe it's worse, maybe, it's, maybe it makes no sense at all what I'm going to suggest. But I thought perhaps uh, a somewhat different way. When Rashi learned, when Rashi came to explain Pasik Vav, and it said that the Kayim Gadol is Keeper Badei and it says in the Pasik that he atones by saying Vidui, he atones for himself and for his family, so the Pasik doesn't say for which of error it is. Rashi felt no need to say for which of error it is. It could be for all of errors. And why does the Kayan Gadol need Kapara? Well, that's simple to understand because on Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, the Kayan Gadol does all of the Avaida, essentially everything that goes on in the Beis Mikdash, all of the important Avaidas of Yom Kippur are done exclusively by the Kayan Gadol. So we can certainly understand that before he begins, he has to cleanse himself. Uh, the Gemara itself says regarding this carbon that it, that it, uh, that it, um, it, it, it is, can be explained with a, with a phrase, that you should first ornament yourself and then you should ornament others, meaning you should first clean up your own mess and then then you can become an agent for bringing atonement for others. So on the first Pasuk, on Pasuk Vav, Rashi didn't have to explain what this Korban is for. It, it's, for number one, it's, it's not stated in the Pasuk, and number two, it, it's quite self-evident. However, when Rashi came to Pasuk Yud Aleph, and now the Torah seems to say the same exact words once again, and Rashi said, well, it must be that the first time the Kayan Gadol said Vidui was for himself and his family, and the second time that he is now saying Vidui is for all of the Kayhanim. So now, Rashi Adakashya, why do all the Kayhanim need a special Kapara on Yom Kippur? All Jews need a Kapara on Yom Kippur. I mean, that is the, the purpose of Yom Kippur, to provide atonement for the whole Am Yisrael. But why is there a specific atonement for all Kayhanim? The Kayan Gadol, we know why. All the Kayhanim, the Kayhanim Hedyotim, the plain Kayhanim, they don't play any special role on Yom Kippur. On, a, on Yom Kippur, a Kayan Hedyot is uh, almost the same as any Jew. For the most part, the vast majority of Kayhanim Hedyotim, of regular Kayhanim and Yom Kippur, they're just spectators like everybody else. So here Rashi had a question on himself. How can I say, how could it be that there is a special kapora for all of the kahanim if all of the kahanim don't have any particular 
special role to play on Yom Kippur. And on that, Rashi answered that Kol Kapper son Eina Ela Altumas Mikdash for Kodeshov. This korban, this parben bakar, that the that we are dealing with here, it is mechaper on an avera that kohanim are particularly prone to to do. The avera, the sin of tumas mikdash for kodeshov, which people are most likely to accidentally enter the beis hamikdash when they are tamei? It's the kohanim because they're the ones who go into the beis hamikdash most often, and which people are probably most most likely to perhaps make a mistake and to have contact with Kodshim when they themselves are Tomei, the Kohanim, they're the ones who really uh, are most prone to these sins. And with that, Rashi explains, yes, I, we can understand why the Kohanim need a special, special attention from this Korban, why this Korban has to be brought in particular for them. Those are two approaches on the technical level to why Rashi adds on this last piece of information, that this korban atones for Tumas Mikdash, the Kodashov. I'd now like to discuss the content a little bit, uh, perhaps a little bit perhaps what I'm going to say strays a little bit from the simple meaning of the Psukim and the Rashi, but I don't think they stray very far. I think it is certainly um, appropriate to talk about what I intend to, to, to speak about. We see here in these two psukim, in these two rashis, that the Kayan Godel and Yom Kippur was responsible for three, three groups of people or three, three categories. He's responsible for himself. He had to say vidui for himself. In fact, he said it twice. He is responsible for Beso. He is responsible for his immediate family, his wife, his children. He said a separate vidui, not a separate, but the vidui that he said for himself included his most immediate relatives. And we see that the Kayangolo was also responsible for Echav HaKayhanim. He was responsible for his brethren, the Kayhanim. His, we'll call that his broader community, his broader social group. And I think this is a, a very important lesson for each and every one of us, that we are responsible for ourselves. Each person, male or female, must apply, apply, the, apply themselves and work and grow. And yes, sometimes stumble and then get right back up and grow a little more and serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu a little more and learn a little more, and daven a little more, and be, be kind to others a little more, and in every possible way, every person is responsible for himself, and to himself, to be an oyved, to be someone who serves a Kodesh Baruch in all ways. A person is responsible for Beisai, a person is responsible for his family, for his immediate family. He has to Certainly the, 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 the husband, the father of the family has to provide for them uh, financially. He has to provide their basic physical needs. The, the, both parents have to educate the children, train the children to be decent human beings and to be good Jews. 
every person is responsible to his or her immediate family in, in a myriad of ways, in an uncountable number of ways. And thirdly, each one of us has a, an obligation, each one of us has a responsibility towards the broader community, whether that's a neighborhood or a shul, a yeshiva, a whole city, but each one of us is part of a larger community and we are responsible to, to improve that community in terms of Aveda Sashem. Now, it's not always a good idea to go around lecturing people and hollering at them when you see that they're not doing the mitzvahs correctly, but to serve as a good example, that is a responsibility. That's a responsibility that each and every person has. There is a tendency, I think an unfortunate tendency, that sometimes when you tell people that there are uh, three, four, five, seven different important things that they need to do, they will, they will right away say, well, what's the most important? Uh, I have a, a friend, a friend I, I value very, very much, an, an older man. Um, I wouldn't trade him for all the tea in China. But he sometimes, uh, get, I think, gets tangled up in these kind of questions. Uh, every time that it's uh, the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh, and we say a long list of Chayim Shal Shalom, Chayim Shal Bracha, Chayim Shal there's a whole list of life, different kinds of life, different facets of life, different blessings for life that we ask for. So he always comes over to me and says, which one's most important? I'll tell you which one is most important. And I look at him and I say, why does one have to be more important than the other? They're all important. So it's not necessary to make a contest out of it. Chayim Shal Shalom is very important, and Chayim Shal, Shal Bracha is very important, and, and, and Rufuah Shalema, Gerula Choreva, these are all very important. It's not necessary. It could be, maybe, Aliba De Emes, maybe the, 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 the real truth is, maybe one is greater than the other. I don't know. But in simplicity, they're all important. Just ask for them all and work for them all. And I think here also, sometimes the balance is off. There are some people who concentrate on their own, own self to the, to the detriment of their families and their communities. And there are people who concentrate on their own family to the detriment of themselves. They have no life for themselves and they're not helping the community very much. And there are some people that are, they're into the community, everything the community, everything for the show. And their own life is, uh, and their family life is, is lacking. They're all three important. The Klan Godel was responsible for all three on Yom Kippur, and every person is responsible for all three in his or her life. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.